First, I'd like to welcome you all out to our Women in Brokerage virtual event. Uh, we have some great panelists with, with a range of backgrounds and experience working across different product types and believe they'll be able to offer some really great perspective to those considering a career within the industry. Uh, I'll be starting out with a brief introduction of our panelists. I'll talk a little bit about Matthews and who we are and, and how we're different. After that, our, our panelists will go into some information about uh, the business as a whole and give a, an overview. Uh, after that, we'll have some Q&A, kind of talk about some uh, topics that come up that are frequently asked about the industry and, and about a career uh, within investment sales, leasing, and, and capital markets, and talk about that. Uh, if any of you do have questions as we're going throughout the event, we encourage you to ask the questions in the side panel. Uh, and as we have time, we'll try and pull from those at the end and make sure that we have an opportunity to answer those questions as well uh, at the end of the event. So with that, I will kick it off with an introduction of our panelists. Uh, so first, uh, we have Emma Pirnar. So Emma is in our uh, Austin uh, office. She actually graduated from UT Austin. She interned with us in 2019 and then came back and joined the team uh, full-time as an investment sales associate. So uh, she focuses on single tenant net lease and retail properties. We have Courtney Habach. So Courtney went to USC uh, before uh, she was working here at Matthews. She was working uh, doing fundraising at a nonprofit in Orange County. Um, then she joined us in January of this year, and she focuses uh, primarily on CVS, Walgreens, and Rite Aid, so, so drug stores in the single tenant net lease space. Uh, Ashlyn Laney uh, interned with us uh, a couple summers ago, went back through our training program this summer, and started working with us. So she's also fairly new to the industry. Uh, she's out of our Atlanta office and focuses on multifamily in the Southeast. Um, all three of these ladies have really hit the ground running very quickly in their career and, and are having great success. And we're excited about what they will be doing with us in the future. Um, we also have a couple of uh, agents with a little bit more experience. We have Devin Dykstra. So Devin went to UCLA where she was a, a volleyball player. Um, she's been in the business for about six years. She, she was really involved in the industry growing up. Uh, was an acquisitions intern for Westwood Financial, uh, but began her brokerage career with Matthews in 2015. Uh, went on to work as a capital markets associate at JLL, and now she serves as a director of retail for the Western U.S. for Matthews. Um, Catherine Lupel is out of our Cleveland office. Uh, she went to University of Akron. She's got a background in, in marketing and CRE. Um, she was supporting a leasing broker before she decided to go into brokerage herself. Um, she's been named a co-star power broker and joined Matthews as an associate vice president and is working on building out our leasing division in Cleveland. She does both landlord and tenant rep and working alongside her is Allison Giamuso. So Allison went to John Carroll University. She's got a background in marketing as well. Um, started out as a marketing coordinator for a leasing broker uh, before also deciding to go into brokerage and she teamed up with Catherine and is there working on building out our team there in, in Cleveland and they're off to a great start on getting that up and running for us. So I'm um, excited to have them here and hopefully uh, with this group, we'll be able to offer some good perspectives and answer some, some questions that the group may have. Um, so talk a little bit about Matthews. Uh, we were founded in 2015. So we've been in the business about six years as a company. A lot of our executives have been in the business for 20 or more years at different firms. Um, but we saw an opportunity to build a company a little bit different and do things uh, what we, in a way that we felt was a little bit better than our competition to be able to better service our clients. And we're seeing those results. We're already ranked in the top 10 amongst commercial brokerage 
companies per transaction volume. We've done over 8,000 transactions, over 20 billion in sales. And we currently have over 400 agents and employees across 13 offices across the US. Uh, we focus on investment sales, leasing, and debt and equity. And we'll dig into that a little bit further and talk about what those business lines mean. We've had a lot of success in our short tenure. Uh, you can see some of the recent awards we won just in the last year or so, best places to work, uh, Globe Street Women of Influence, our, our fantastic and talented marketing director and marketing team, best bosses in Sierra for our CEO, and a number of other awards. So we continue to get accolades within the industry and we're having some great success and looking forward to, to much more in the future. So what are we doing different as Matthews? A couple of key points for us that, that help separate us from our competition. One is we have a shared national database. A lot of firms, each agent is working their own database or their team is working a database independent of the rest of the firm. Our agents have that collective intelligence of all of the owners and investors across the country. And that helps us to really be able to maximize exposure for our owners. We have a lot of proprietary technology that helps us throughout the marketing and sale process to be able to uncover and identify emerging capital and, and improve our speed to market. Our agents are hyper-specialized and they'll talk a little bit about that. They very much focus in on, on different areas of the business. And we have a shared services platform that provides uh, marketing services, transaction services, et cetera, um, to our agents to help them better do their, their job and fulfill their role and responsibilities to the client. Um, this kind of articulates what that looks like a little bit. Typical broker day is pretty split up between research, marketing, uh, transaction management and business development and client event, client relationships and, and doing those things. At Matthews, our goal is really for our agents to be focusing closer to 70% of their time on business development and client relationships, uh, which includes cold calling and other activities, uh, while allowing uh, our, our team to, uh, our shared services platform team to provide support in those other areas to reduce the amount of time that our agents are spending in these other areas of the business um, that are typically non-revenue generating activities for the agent. So um, they're obviously still gonna be involved. It's still their deal and they're, they're driving each of those deals, but you know, that is our goal is to keep them focused and that allows them to have more success. Um, one of the other key points for Matthews is our culture. Uh, we have a culture of collaboration and mentorship. We have a really fabulous uh, training program and internship program. Uh, we do a lot with corporate social responsibility. Each of our offices is doing regular events. We do some national events and you know, that helps keep our people connected and, and enjoying and giving back to the community. We have big parties and they're, they're a ton of fun. We have a great big annual holiday party. We do award trips, incentive trips. You know, um, last year, you know, we had people going to Park City, we go to Cabo, Maui, um, et cetera. So we do a lot of different trips across the country uh, and throughout the world even um, to, uh, to try and create additional incentive. We do a lot of competitions as well within our offices to keep people motivated uh, and, and having a good time at the same time. And then we do a lot of client events, which is really good for culture. Our agents have a good time there with each other and with their clients. So um, some of those are key you know, tenets to our culture that, that also help differentiate us. With that, I'm gonna hand it off to Allison and she's gonna talk a little bit about, you know, what is commercial real estate? And some of our other ladies will jump in and talk about some other aspects of, of the business. And then we'll go into our, our discussion and Q and A. Yeah, thank you, Dirk. Um, so when I tell people that I'm in commercial real estate, I'm often asked, you know, oh, how many houses have you sold? Can you help me find a house? Um, and you know, with that being said, I think it is very important to define what commercial real estate is. Um, so it, 
it is a property that is exclusively used for business related purposes. There's uh, there's a couple different types of commercial real estate. Um, so number one, we can have retail, there's office, industrial or warehouse, and there's also multifamily too. Um, so you might be saying, well, multifamily, residential, wouldn't that be considered residential? So with multifamily uh, commercial property, it's typically defined as five or more units, meaning apartment buildings with five or more units and hotels would be considered commercial properties. Land um, that is zoned commercial use is also considered as a commercial property. Um, and then also just different types of commercial real estate services can include leasing, buying, selling, managing, um, meaning who is taking care of the property, uh, which could be the landlord or ownership, but that can also be an entirely different management company that was hired. Um, appraising a property, meaning companies who determine the value of that property and development as well. So meaning a company who physically puts up the commercial buildings. Um, so I will go ahead now and hand it over to Catherine, who will discuss the difference between a landlord and tenant clients in retail leasing. Thanks, Allison. So as it pertains to retail leasing, there's two ways to go about looking at this. It's either a landlord is looking to fill a vacant space on a property that they own, or it's a tenant who needs an additional location or needs their first location. So when we are marketing a vacant space or a vacant building, we sign a listing agreement, we put together marketing, we make calls, we put it on our website, we put it on all of the commercial real estate websites. But the majority of the time, what we are doing is we're making calls because this is really going to be a matchmaking scenario. If I take on a, a property that I'm trying to market vacant space, I have a pretty good idea of what is going to be the highest and best used within that space. So I already have a short list of ideas and people that I'm going to be reaching out to. Ideally, you want to find a business that has strong credit, their experience, they, they have done all of that, but that also factors into the location of that property. If that property is best location or if it's more of a neighborhood center where I'm going to be looking at more mom and pop. For a tenant, it's the same deal, however, what they are looking for is they are looking for their ideal demographic. So, for example, a Starbucks is looking for hard corner, extremely convenient, and they're also looking for high traffic counts, and they're looking to be on the morning side of the road, which means they need to be on the side of the road where the majority of the traffic is going on their way to work. But on the other side, if I am Dollar Tree, I am looking for a demographic of families that have lower income, simply because they probably work paycheck to paycheck, and so they are looking for discounts. Sure. So now I'm gonna send it over to Devin, who's going to explain investment sales. Thanks, Catherine. So on this slide, um, 
think Dirk's going to change it over. Um, but this is going to be a diagram that basically outlines the typical order of events when an owner wants to sell their property. So it starts off with a listing. Um, and in order to get a listing, an agent really has to focus on business development and nurturing and creating a relationship while also trying to understand what the client's investment needs are. So once they establish what that is, they are ready to sell an asset. Um, we put prepare a listing agreement, which basically outlines the terms of the agreement as it relates to the length of time an agent has to sell a property, as well as what commission that they will be getting paid if they're able to execute on the sale. Once the listing agreement is executed, we then pass it over to our, our awesome marketing team because it's their job to help get our offering memorandums or our uh, marketing packages ready to go out to the market for buyers to review. And once this starts to happen, we kind of enter into our uh, cross-selling collaboration part of our business, which is when we start to work with our capital uh, markets agents at Matthews. Um, they are there to help us secure financing quotes, so some debt quotes from their contacts, which are actually lenders in the marketplace. So as an investment sale agent, we always like to provide a debt quote in our packages so that when we're trying to sell an asset, a buyer is able to know what type of debt they might be able to achieve if they wanted to use financing to close on the sale of the property. So once we are able to converse with our debt team, we go back over and we, we market the property for sale and ultimately we end in a closing um, with the property. But before we can close, we actually work with our transaction management team uh, very closely as they actually help us get through the entire escrow process. They help us with all matters that relate to due diligence so we can execute a smooth closing for our clients. Um, and ultimately that would result in a new buyer and owner, um, as you can see at the bottom of this diagram. And the last way that these two, um, these two pictures basically relate is a new buyer, a new owner now has a new relationship with our capital markets agent, because ideally our capital markets agent was able to form a relationship, offer the services and help um, build a new lender relationship with the buyer. So now they've also secured a new, a new potential client moving forward. And now I'm going to pass it over to Courtney, who's going to talk about the opportunity at Matthews. Thank you, Devin. Um, so yeah, it's it's great to meet you all. Thank you for coming. So the opportunity at Matthews, I think a lot of the reason people join brokerage and in particular why I joined uh, was because I didn't want a ceiling over my head of how much money I could make. And like Dirk said, I, I started at a nonprofit previous to this out of college and I quickly learned, you know, the confinements of a regular nine to five job. And for me, I, I thought, you know, if I want to work harder, I should be compensated for that. And that's kind of what led me to brokerage. And if you look at this table, the prime thing, there's outliers to this. There's people that are going to make way more in their first year. There's people that are not going to make any money in their first year. So it's it's not a perfect science, but I would say if you were to average everything out, um, the, the point is that the more hours that you work at the beginning of your career, um, you're going to start to see the fruits of your labor. So as you see in year five, you're making more money than the hours that you were working originally. So I think that's the goal for everybody that joins brokerage is you want to be able to have a very high income producing job that allows you to kind of scale back and, and focus later in your life on the things that are most important to you. And that's personally my my favorite part about the job. Um, obviously I'm, I'm in year one and it's the most intense uh, portion of my job. And like, like people down the line are gonna mention, hours per week, I would say 13 to 14 hour days are very uh, normal. I, I'm not by any means a first person in or the last person out, but I'm definitely very close to that. I'm I'm in before the sun 
you know, rises and, and out when it sets. And I think the most important part is just kind of caring enough to, to put in the hours and be able to dedicate yourself to your business and have it be the most important thing. And like my senior chat always says, it takes a year to get a year's experience. So a lot of it is just kind of overcoming objections, hearing everything that investors have to say to you. And from there, just kind of growing and, and taking everything everyone says to you and soaking it up like a sponge. So I think that those are kind of the highlights here of this slide, but predominantly, you know, you're 12 in the business, you'll be able to kind of scale your hours back a little bit and you'll just be making an infinite amount of money. So that's the goal. Um, and I'll pass it over to Emma who will talk more about our day-to-day -day schedule. Thanks, Courtney. Um, hi everyone, I'm Emma and I'm talking about the day in the life and Courtney kind of touched on it a little bit, you know, depending on how much you know about the commercial real estate world. Um, yeah, you're in the office before the sun rises, you're leaving after the sun sets and kind of what you're working on in the morning, obviously you're not calling owners at six in the morning, waking them up, pissing everybody off, but um, you know, you're working on yourself, you're working on your sending out emails, working on proposals or pitches that you have coming up. You are cleaning up your database and your research and kind of focusing on your business. And then, you know, between eight or 9 a.m., however you, however early you like to start, uh, that's kind of when you jump on the phones, you're making calls out to owners, you're, um, you know, growing your business out, making connections with people, depending on, you know, what product type you're in, if you're in multifamily leasing or even sometimes industrial you might be in a more local market where you're going out on meetings property tours you know shaking people's hands uh versus you know what i'm in singleton in that lease Every, all of my business is pretty much on the phone i'm dealing with owners all across the country properties all across the country um yes there's a lunch break in there <laughs> and then the afternoon finish up your calls that you have set for the day whatever your goal is um, and then once you finish that off, evening time, kind of working on what you were working on in the morning, uh, you know, emails, proposals, and, you know, really just finishing up, wrapping up the day, kind of setting yourself up for the next day and uh, get home, eat some dinner, watch some TV and go to bed, rinse and repeat. And I'll, uh, I'll pass it off to Ashlyn next. Thank you, Emma. So, yes, we're very happy to have you all as was mentioned a little bit earlier, I came from the internship program and I feel incredibly lucky and blessed to have done that. I'm in the first year of my career and I was a marketing major, so I've always kept up with real estate and had a very intricate interest in the business, but wasn't as aware and up to date with all of the commercial real estate ins and outs. So the training program I found extremely beneficial because it showed me the ropes. One of my favorite things about Matthews in general is that it's a team environment. And in this training program, these extremely successful, extremely established brokers take time out of your day from across the country to have nationwide trainings. And the benefit to that is learning from the best in the business. I mean, commercial real estate is a very deep pool. It's very easy. And in a lot of different companies, sometimes new agents are just pushed off straight head into the deep end of the pool. But here it truly is a team and they want you to learn. They give you endless opportunities to learn from the best in the training programs. That was my favorite part. We even had something called a future legend series, if you will. So every single Friday, one of the exact execs or the top level agents would come in and they would walk you through 
their career and I soaked up every single word. I loved learning and hearing their experience. And every single Friday, we just left more and more motivated. And then also within this internship, you get to meet like-minded individuals who are interested in a career that you have an interest in. And I remember after the internship, I kept up with my whole entire team. It was great. We would still Snapchat all the time or whatever it was. We kept up. We were able to learn from each other. We'd send each other articles throughout the year. If we were coming back from the internship into the new training program, and really, I felt like it gave me a leg up. Like I said, I didn't have the most you know, foothold grounding of commercial real estate before I came into the internship. But this training program, it was a full education. There were 100 or so different trainings, and I loved them because I mean, it was, it says on the screen, financial analysis, it showed you all of our fantastic technologies, and also a ton of sales training skills, which I thought was extremely beneficial, because it showed you the ropes from the best in the business. And when they like we talk about calling all the time, they give you their money lines that I'm still using on the phones today, I'm sure a lot of us do. So go to the next slide. Um, that was a little bit about the training program. But we also have this is probably one of the most alluring parts of Matthews to me as a new agent because, like I said, it's a, it's a hard industry. It's cutthroat, and you got to be willing to hustle. And this place, this atmosphere is a team. I wish I could take you out to the floor so you could see the team atmosphere right now, but everyone is hustling together. You never feel like you're alone. You're in an first thing in the morning before you see the sun and you're out late in the day. But if there's ever a point in the day where you have low energy and it's, it's, you know, it gets difficult as with anything that's worth doing is it's, it's hard sometimes, but everyone in this office, they push you, they motivate you and you really feel like you're part of a team, whether you're a guy, whether you're a girl, it doesn't matter, especially your mentor. So my mentor is deeply established in the business. He's a senior associate and I bug him all day. I ask him a ton of questions and I think it's kind of the perfect storm because I have the hustle, I have the energy and the excitement and the enthusiasm to draw investors in and really hit the grounds running, make a ton, 500 calls a week, whatever it is. And they have the experience. They know who to call, what to say, how to act in a scenario. And you're a team, it's your business partner. It's not someone just walking you saying that it's your boss. It's someone, there's one of my teammates that just walked in, but it's someone that's working hand in hand with you. And in this mentorship program, you learn light years. They're in your same asset class. I do multifamily, the apartments, and it is like the best combination I could have ever thought for. So it's a very powerful and unique dynamic that's not honestly found anywhere else in the industry. Awesome. Thanks so much. Uh, ladies, I appreciate that, that high level overview. So we're going to, we're going to advance now to our kind of Q and a, if my slides will, will let me do this, but we'll, we'll kind of open it up and each of these will have more of a, a discussion, um, you know, and, and allow our panelists to kind of chime in and add color where they see appropriate. Again, if you're attending the event and you have some questions that you want to ask, um, we'll try and make some time right at the end to to bring some of those in as well and make sure we're covering all the aspects. So um, I'm going to go ahead and uh, stop my screen share right now so we can make the video a little bit larger while we have this discussion. So the first question that I wanted to ask, and I'll direct this one to, to Devin initially and then anybody else 
um, that feels that they'd like to share as well and bring their perspective. I'd love to hear it. Um, but, you know, Devin, what, what made you decide to get into this industry? And then as a follow on, why did you choose the product line that you chose? Yeah, thanks, Dirk. So I grew up, I'm actually one of five kids. Um, so there's a competitive nature. I think that I just have being the middle child. I don't know if it's always fighting for time with parents or, um, just being an athlete. I also played collegiate volleyball at UCLA, played volleyball my entire life. So there's something about being a former athlete that, uh, gives you kind of a leg up, I'd say in this industry, um, why I got into the industry, I was just attracted to the competitive nature, um, the limitless potential to be very, very financially successful. Um, so for me, it was kind of a no brainer. I also grew up with my father being in the industry. So from a young age, I always like to say, I feel like I have some real estate in my blood. Um, I would drive around on weekends with my father and look at shopping centers across the country because that's what he did. So why I picked the product type that I do. So I actually focus on shopping centers or multi-tenant retail. And I picked it a little bit because it's kind of what I knew, but it's also what was most exciting to me. Um, shopping centers, everyone goes to them. You always you need to go to the grocery store. You need to go to these centers to get your dry cleaning, get your nails done, um, go, go to the gym. And everyone uses these um, neighborhood types of centers. So this is what really attracted me to the business and just getting involved in general. But shopping centers, there's always a story. Um, and a lot of the owners, they own multi-million dollar properties. So for me, um, real estate really is a people business and it's about building relationships and I'm pretty outgoing. I love forming new relationships. I love working with other people, collaborating in any way possible. So all of these reasons are why I joined the industry and why I pick shopping centers. Great. Awesome. Um, does anybody else, uh, would anybody else like to share kind of what made you choose and what, you know, I think everybody's got a little bit different story and be interested to hear so i'll touch on the retail leasing and why you know i chose to do retail as opposed to office or industrial um or even investment sales you know for that matter so it i love retail leasing and i i chose it because you really at the end of the day you play a huge role in changing the landscape of a city um so it can definitely be challenging um, with trying to make all of the real estate stars align, but it's it's an exciting challenge. I mean, you're you're looking at a market, and you know whether it's okay. There's Walmart here. Who else belongs in this market? You know, you're listening to what the community wants there. You know, who you can bring in, and you know at the end of the day, with retail leasing, I mean, you are the one that is kind of that person to help facilitate making that happen. Awesome. Um, so I, I'll ask another question and, and it's no secret that this is a male dominated industry, commercial real estate and sales in general um, tend to be you know pretty heavily dominated by males. Um, as it relates to commercial real estate brokerage, what are some, and I'm gonna ask this as an open question, just ask anybody to, to chime in that has some thoughts, but what are some of the advantages of being a woman in this business? Um, I guess I'll comment on that. I think one of the, the biggest things I've noticed um, just from calling people, I, I specialize in drugstores, so nationally just calling kind of like similar to what Emma does. And I think the thing I get the most is, oh, I've never, you know, had a woman call me before that, that's a broker. And I think that 
just having a different inflection, a different approach. I think women are, are a bit softer in terms of how we handle situations. And I think we're more conversationally based. And I think, in my opinion, that's one of the strongest things that we have to offer is we, the way that we think and process things is different than the way, you know, a guy the same age as me is going to think and process through them. Um, so I think our kind of soft skills are, are great. And that's kind of what I've noticed I use to my strength. Um, but in that inverse, my mom gave me some great advice when I first started. She kind of said, you know, like, like I used to do, I, I grew up playing competitive sports um, and I, I ride horses competitively. And so I always am studying my competition and I'm studying what it is that they're doing right. And how can I also apply it to my own business? And so I think it's, you know, a cool thing. I think Devin and I are, are one of four girls in the office. And so you have to look around and say, why is it male dominated? What, what is it that they're doing? Um, and I think the main thing that I notice is they just don't care what the other person has to say on the other phone, you know, on the other end. It, it's literally one and done. It, it's an objection. They move on to the next phone call. And I think as women, and something that I struggled with initially was being able to come through that process and being able to really take it on, you know, the cuff of my sleeve and not worry about, you know, taking things personally. Um, so I think from my own experience, that's something I've noticed and been able to really apply to my business just to say, yeah, well, oh, well, we'll try for the next one and just move on with my day. Um, and I think that, in my opinion, that's one of the reasons it's so male dominated. But once you get past that hurdle mentally, and I, I don't think it's necessarily a male female thing anymore for me. I mean, I'm going to be just as successful as anyone out here uh, in my office. So I'm happy about it, but I would say, you know, those are my opinions kind of on the topic. Yeah. And I can think about that. Oh, sorry. You want to go on that? Oh, you can go. Yeah. I just say, you know, as women, you know, it's, it's highly advantageous to have women in the office, um, in the room, right? And and just we have these unique skill sets and we provide different perspectives on deals, on clients, on, I would like to say we're very emotionally intelligent. Um, I think nothing against you, Dirk, or other men, but I think that's something that, you know, we're, we're, we have really strong skill sets with that. So understanding how to read clients, how to nurture a relationship, how to maintain it. And just as Courtney was saying, you know, it's it's tough. I think that's probably the biggest challenge most women struggle with with brokerage is, is rejection, right? It's a lot of cold calling and it's how do you keep going after you hear no a hundred times a day. Uh, but the ones that do and the women that are driven and they really think that this could be a career for them. I mean, I think that's the, the biggest opportunity is in, in the, the professional workplace today, I'd say, just because there are so few women, especially in brokerage. So if it's something you even have a little bit of an interest in, it's worth taking a risk because you can be so successful if you just have the drive and you have passion for it. I'll pass it to you, Emma. I think you hit on the emotional intelligence perfectly. I was just going to say that to kind of build on what Courtney was saying is that we bring a, you know, a different personability through the phone into the business. And I definitely think that that kind of sets us apart from all the other men in the office. <laughs> awesome, thanks. Um, so another another question, you know, and this this kind of ties into it, um, but but maybe a little different. And and you know, I'll I'll direct this one at at Catherine, and then kind of open it up from there. But you know, what are what are characteristics that you feel help you to be successful? For me personally, I would say being organized, that has been a huge factor is because once you start to get 
into this business for a long time. I've been in this business for close to 12 years. <laughs> it, you have to stay organized because you will start to have a flood of activity come in. And how do you keep all of that organized? So that's one. You have. It, you've heard this across the board from all of us is you have to be driven and you have to be hardworking because in this business, the, your income is directly related to how hard you work. And so the more you put into it, the more you're going to get out of it. And it's a numbers game. So like Devin and Courtney said, you have to move on from those no's and you get to a point where you are so busy with working the numbers that you almost stop even caring about the nose because you're so busy because you have to move on to the next one. And that's where staying organized really plays a factor. But I will also say Matthew's having that national platform really helps to keep things organized. So that has been a huge help. <laughs> awesome. Thanks. Uh, love to open that one up to the floor because I know each of you are bringing, you know, something different and have different perspective about what you believe helps you. And, and there's so many different approaches to being successful in this business. So I'd love to hear from more of you on that. So I'll touch on that. So for me, um, being personal, I think with clients goes a long way. I mean, people don't necessarily like to think they're talking to just a, a robot and hear the facts. This is it. You know, people like to have that conversation and to see that you're a real person too and, you know, connect with your clients. So, I mean, for me, that has gone a long way. And, you know, Catherine and I, we try to be as personal as we can, you know, to an extent with, with our clients. And it has been very successful for us because we have that bond with our clients and they're able to trust us. And, you know, they, they put, you know, their properties or, you know, help, helping them find a space in, in our hands. And so that definitely goes a long way, I would say. I'll uh, comment on that as well. I was just talking to some of the people in my office about this uh, a couple of days ago. I think being um, similar to what Catherine said, really organized and in addition to that, just being really consistent. I think for myself, like in terms of my routine every day, I'm literally doing the same thing all the way down to the iced coffee that I drink and the breakfast burrito I eat all the way until when I leave. So it, that consistency, like because we're human beings and, and we need consistency and in a job like this, it's so entrepreneurial that you could just simply sit at your desk and just become a blob and not really do anything. So I think it's really important to feel like you have the pressure of a job and a boss, even though our mentors never put that type of, you know, it's not that role, it's a partnership, but I think having that own pressure of, of you wanting to be successful for yourself and you have to really want it and you have to be consistent and set goals. Um, we had a training, you know, a couple months ago when I was in training from Dan Withers, he said, control the controllables. So always just controlling the things that you have the power to control, whether you've had a horrible week or whether you've had, you know, the best week that you can, you have to always um, remember my other senior bill always is telling me just focus on your business model that we, you know, set out and be consistent, make your calls. And from there, you know, business just naturally comes. One thing I would like to add, this has been something I've really done my whole life 
Maybe it comes from my mom who's very, she's been in sales her whole life as well. So she's very focused on what you are internally thinking. I think that your mindset and your perspective really control a lot. And it's very easy. Easy. You hear no's day in, day out. You could be pessimistic and focus on a negative thought, but instead you get into a business and, you know, something exciting happens. You, you visualize the success that you could have one day. I think it's important and you have to fight to keep the magic about you every single day. Every single conversation you have, you have the ability, even in life, just to make someone's day a little bit better. So when you can put positive things into your life, whether for me, it's a devotional or I love podcasts. There's some great podcasts I listen to. Even just having a go-to playlist, that'll get you pumped up and excited for the day. I think it's just really important to keep a positive perspective. And I mean, you know, you can you can tell when someone has a negative vibe. You don't want to ever give that off to someone. And you fight the war of attrition. It is consistency. It is working hard. It is realizing your worth. So staying positive and true to yourself will always take you to the finish line. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks, Ashlyn. And so, you know, kind of to follow that, I'd love to kind of, I'm going to ask a, a two-part question. I'd love each of you to weigh in on this one. And, and um, you know, maybe we'll start with Emma and then just go around the horn and jump in when you, you feel ready. But I'd love to hear, you know, kind of the, the dichotomy. What is the biggest challenge in, in your role? And then what do you see as the biggest upside or opportunity? You know, kind of just to, to balance those things. What do you see as the biggest downside or difficult aspect of what you're doing? And then what's the what's the biggest biggest upside, biggest opportunity you see in the business and the role in the industry? Of course. Um, well, I would say that the biggest downside is, yeah, it's really easy to, to feel the negativity through the phone when everybody says no to you every single day, day in and day out, and to just like keep that positive energy internally and to stay persistent, to stay positive, it is hard. And it is a, a, a mental game that you kind of have to play with yourself where you just really push forward. I would say as a downside, um, another downside is part also of the, the mental aspect of it is just hearing that phone ring all day. It's just the same thing. And it's like consistency and routine. It can be great, but it can also be so boring sometimes. <laughs> Um, and so I would also say that that's, that gets a little tough every once in a while to just be doing the same thing day in and day out, not able to spice it up a little bit, but, um, the opportunities I see those, you know, once you are able to really like break through that barrier, there's just no ceiling to the success that you can have. And also like growing up, my dad's from Turkey. We love traveling. I my mom's a real estate attorney actually so she can pretty much work from her computer and i just loved the fact that when i was younger like me and my family could go somewhere for a month and she could work remotely and you know my dad could go see his family and i just i love the idea that my business is through the phone i'm not tied down to a desk or or one uh, location if i wanted to go you know to thailand for a month and you know work in the middle of the night and have fun during the day like so be it you know i'll make it happen but yeah that's that's my positives i think those are pretty good positives that you know outweigh the the negatives sometimes for sure one thing i've i've found in this business especially is that it's a very inconsistent pattern of activity 
So it's an ebb and a flow. One day you may be very slow. The next day is just crazy busy. So comparison is the thief of joy. We're always told this and it's very true. So one of the biggest hurdles that I think a lot of us in our first year come across is not comparing ourselves to anyone else's business. We all specialize in a different market area. For example, I cover South Carolina and East Georgia multifamily. Another guy right beside me does Florida shopping centers. So it's just very different. Every market is different. Every level of activity and the patterns there are different. So it's very important not to look over at him right beside me and see, oh, wow, he just got a new listing. Oh, wow, they just closed a new huge deal. The way the, to look at it, truly, if you needed to add any element of thought as to what they're doing is, oh, they did it, I can do it too. I think it ties back into one of the biggest uh, positives of working here is that it's a team. Everyone's pushing together, charging forward, not letting anything stop us, but it is a mental game. You have to be focused on your business, your business development, what you can be doing better than the day before, how you can stay consistent to those things that you know work, but just keep your head down, stay focused and not be worried what anyone else is doing because it's a totally separate business. Yeah, I'll chime in. So I would say one of the most challenging aspects, I think Emma kind of touched on it, but it really is having, you know, a strong mental mindset every single day. Um, deals make sometimes, sometimes they don't. So I had a deal that we were moving under contract, um, a $10 million property was a great buyer and they just decided to pull out. Um, not a good reason, but that just means we have to start the process over again, um, where I was, okay, 60 days away, like making a paycheck. Now it's, we're starting from scratch almost. So having the resiliency and just the optimism to, to keep going, right. And just knowing that each day, I think as Ashley mentioned, you know, each day could be a challenge. Some days are better than others. So some things just take longer. And so having a strong mental mindset and just knowing, you know, trust the process, trust your routine. And I think consistency has been the theme today. So as long as you can keep that, um, going and be optimistic and have a positive outlook on, I love what Ashton said, if they can do it, I can do it. I would wholeheartedly believe in that. It, I mean, again, as you see all these men in our industry, so many women are intimidated. And I think that's one of the most challenging parts of the job for some people, but not everyone, because they think once you pass that hurdle, kind of as Courtney mentioned earlier, once you realize like, yeah, I, mean, I don't look at us as men and women, we're just one of the guys, like we're all one. Um, I think you've kind of, you're basically kind of set yourself up for a huge success. So I would say that's definitely a challenging aspect. I'd say positive is, you know, the the upside is unlimited. I love that Emma is talking about traveling. I mean, I'm gonna have family one day. I want to be present for my kids. Derek has five daughters. He, he told us he's traveling to go watch watch one of his kids in a competition. I mean, this job as an entrepreneur gives you that freedom. So you can work anywhere from your if you have a phone and a computer, like you can take your business on the go. So. There's just tremendous upside. Um, it takes a while to get there, right? At least a few years, maybe five to 10 to really get comfortable in that position. But again, I think we always say, you know, put in the work in your 20s so you can enjoy it in your 30s and then beyond. So um, just tremendous upside. Awesome. Did anybody else want to weigh in on that before we, we move on? I would say probably the most challenging aspect to our day-to-day -day is really just managing expectations of the client. So you get to a point where you have a book of business. So, you know, Ashlyn and Courtney were talking about the beginning challenges. 
And then it grows into this, well, you have clients, you have relationships, and you have to manage those expectations. How quickly are you going to lease my center? How quickly are you going to sell my building? How quickly are you going to find me a space? Those are all expectations you have to manage. And you have to be very careful about that because essentially if you can't manage those expectations, then that works into that relationship. So it's, it's challenging. That's awesome. Thanks, Catherine. Um, so I, I want to ask you a question, and, and I think you, you all have hit on this a little bit, but I think just kind of hitting it head on, you know, compensation inequality has been a, a challenge for women for a long time. And I'd love to hear from, you know, you, and I'll ask this as an open question, anybody wants to chime in as to, you know, do you see it affecting women in brokerage and, and how might it be different within this space? I think it's made the, maybe not the most appropriate term here, but may the best man win, maybe the best woman win. It doesn't really matter what your gender is, but if you are the best person, you present yourself most effectively to the client, then you can win the business. They're not going to look at you and, and say, oh, well, this guy or this girl, it's who has the best company behind them, who has a great track record, who do I feel personally cares about me? So it's not, it's not men and women, it's just an even playing field in my eyes. And the level of success you can achieve in commercial real estate is an extremely high ceiling. I mean, the figures we had earlier were very true. We're learning from people every single day that that is true. And here you do have the opportunity. You put in the work, make the relationships, build your business. It doesn't matter what gender you are. It just, you win the business. Yeah, brokerage is probably the one industry where men and women aren't paid differently, right? There's no inequality amongst the compensation that women receive being less than because I think Catherine touched on earlier, I mean, you are as successful as you kind of make yourself. As the harder you work, the more opportunities that are available to you, the longer the hours, as Courtney touched on, right? There's an average a minimum or an average of what most agents will do in their first five years. But those that go above and beyond, I mean, they're the ones seeing greater success much faster um, than the average agent. So, you know, the more time and energy you put into your own business to grow it, nurture it, the more successful you'll be. So it really isn't ever looked at as male versus female. It's it's who's the hardest worker. And, and it's not even about beating someone else. It's very collaborative. So it's actually about playing off one another, too, um, and just everyone basically winning together. Yeah, hundred percent. And, and I, you know, what I, I, from my perspective, think is, is neat about the brokerage space versus many other roles is there's nobody determining your worth. You know, nobody is looking at it and saying, Hey, this person's filling this role and that's worth this much, you know, value to, to us as an organization or, you know, or to anybody else, you know, ultimately, you know, you're running your own independent business and determining your own worth um, through your own success and, and uh, that that's one thing that I've I've always appreciated about um, our business, whether you're male or female, is that opportunity to to obtain, you know, fair compensation for the the level of effort and and your success. Um, one of the things that we really harp on and and push as a firm, and we feel is is really important, is is being a specialist. Um, I'd love to maybe start out with Allison and open it up to to anybody else who'd like to chime in. But how is being a specialist, how does that help you to be successful in your role? 
Yeah. So being a specialist includes having experience and doing your research. So with that, you know, you're able to intelligently and successfully help each of your clients and to, you know, successfully service all of your clients. Um, for example, being a specialist in knowing your markets is key. Um, so doing your research on that, driving the market, understanding the traffic patterns is is huge. Um, these things go a long way in successfully servicing each of your clients, whether it's a landlord representation or a tenant representation client. So I think in my opinion, that's that is one of the the best things that can help you become successful. Awesome. Thanks. Did anybody else have any thoughts on that topic? Yeah, I'll comment on that. Um, I think especially when you're new in your career, um, you just got to have the time to really get to know whatever it is you're selling. Um, so for example, for myself, I focus on all the drugstores, predominantly Rite Aid Pharmacy. And so my favorite thing, like what I strive for if somebody answers the phone is just to make them almost feel like I know so much about what I'm talking about that it would be silly not to at least give me the time of day to, to do a proposal. Like my favorite thing, I, I had a, a guy on the phone and, and he just started laughing and he's like, I just don't know how you know all this random stuff about Rite Aid. And, but it's like true, it's, it's what you want, right? You want them to almost feel dumb for not hiring you and use it as ammunition against your competition just to show that you really, and to me, if I'm going to the doctor, I, I want a specialist. I'm gonna pick the person that's seasoned in exactly that thing. And I think that's what brokerage is and that's what it should be. But what's unique about Matthews is that it's just not. Other brokerage firms do all types. They'll do leasing, they'll do gas stations, they'll do industrial, they'll do shopping centers. But what you can say is, you know, I'm a specialist. This is all I focus on. And why wouldn't you want somebody that's a specialist to, to handle the sale of your property? And I think, um, in my opinion, that's what really helps a lot of young agents be successful in the first, you know, year or two years of their career. hundred percent. Um, so, you know, I, I had a couple other questions, but as we're kind of running out of time, I wanted to just open the floor because I know each of you, um, obviously, you know, were in the shoes of those that are considering this career at some point and wanted to just open the floor. Is there anything that you feel like you'd want to share any additional advice, something maybe we didn't touch on or a question that wasn't asked that, you know, you feel would be important for somebody considering this career to, to, uh, to know, or, or to think about, or why they, why they should, or, or maybe even shouldn't consider this opportunity. I'll kick it off. I mean, I think we've all had very different backgrounds. I mean, a lot of us have come from the marketing side. A lot of us have come from different industries. I mean, just, you never really know what's the right career until you try. Um, so my advice, I mean, if you're thinking about getting into brokerage, I mean, just do some research, research different companies that exist and try to educate yourself on their platforms and things you might like about it. And then next steps, I would say, find people on LinkedIn or however you can network with someone and do sort of like a, an informational interview of sorts where you can ask questions and ask them why they picked that company. What do they do on a day-to-day -day basis? And if it's something that you're intrigued by or interested in, it's, it could be worth pursuing. So I think um, the best way to go about it is, or, and, and I think as, um, you know, Emma and Ashlyn have both done an intern at a company, if you think it could have a good path for you, because that would be the best inside look is to, is this a place I want to be full time? Because maybe it's not the right fit, but you tried it out. So that happens sometimes. And sometimes you're like, wow, I can't believe this company exists. I want to work here full time. And that's how you get your foot in the door and you've already had training. And that's when it gets really exciting. I could say from 
both Emma and Ashlyn, who are obviously crushing it as new agents, but they've been through all the training. So it's pretty cool to see, but I would just say research, ask a lot of questions, reach out to people and try to get a lot of information. Awesome, thank you. Anybody else have any other parting thoughts? All right, well, I will, uh, I'll go ahead and wrap it up. So um, I'll see if my screen share here will work, but you know, if anybody that was attending today is interested in an opportunity and, and you wanna learn more, the best way to do that is to go to matthews.com slash apply. And so that's gonna take you to a, a form. And what that's gonna do is depending on the office that you're interested in, it'll put you in contact with one of our market leaders and they'll reach out to you and, and you have an opportunity to learn more. Um, the one thing that I will encourage you to do, and, and I tell, you know, people that approach me about a career in brokerage all the time is if you don't hear back from us and you are interested, you know, continue to follow up. And if you show that tenacity and, and follow up, uh, you know, make it so that you can't be ignored and you're going to show that, that you're the type of person that's going to be right for this business. And, you know, I can tell you that there have been some, some agents that I've seen that have on, on the first pass, you know, weren't maybe considered. Um, but they showed that they should be. And, and ultimately I've seen some of them go on to have some really good success. And so, you know, don't, don't wait to be handed anything in life and especially not a career in brokerage, because that's, that's not what this business is about. So um, with that, I want to thank you all for your time. Uh, thank you to our, our panelists. I appreciate you taking time out of your busy day to share with others. So um, with that, I did, I got one question that just popped in here and I'll, I'll answer your question, Teresa, really quick. Um, she just asked a licensing question uh, and she asked if there is a, a license. It is, it's a standard real estate license. And so typically you do need to get a license, a real estate license to participate in uh, brokerage activities. And so um, those are state by state and typically in the, the state where you operate is where you're required to be licensed. And for our agents that do national business, they also work with uh, other agents across the country that have licenses and, uh, and co-broke on those deals as well. So, um, so yeah, there is licensing. I just want to answer that question as a good question. So anyway, thank you everybody for your time and, and it's all much appreciated.